Welcome to Nope, Never Saw It. I'm Gina, a movie lover. And I'm Sonia, a movie not lover. My mission is to make Sonia watch all the movies she's never seen. And my mission is to watch more movies and not always have to say, Nope, Never Saw It. So we started this podcast. We hope you enjoy it. So Gina? Yes, Sonia? I'm ready. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Nope, Never Saw It. I'm Gina. And with me, as always, is the beautiful Sonia. Ooh, that was so jazzy. I really felt like singing your name today. All day I was like, I want to sing her name and I just did it. I'm glad that you did. That was probably the highlight of my day. Oh, well, this is the highlight of my, this whole experience together is the highlight of my day. Oh, okay. Well, that makes me feel good. Well, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. It's Monday and I feel like I've got quite a case of the Mondays. Um, but that's the, I feel like that once the fall hits every Monday is really hard. It's hard to get started on a Monday, yeah. you know, I agree. I agree. But once you hit, I feel like Tuesday is always a better day. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm really excited. I hope this doesn't make you feel bad, but I only have a three day week this week. So does Sean. So right. I'm mentally preparing for it. He said he was going to clean the house. Ooh. So maybe you'll also need to come clean the house or make me dinner or something. Me? I'll be your way. (laughs) I'm finally going on a vacation Um, with Lee. I'm so excited. (laughs) I think the only way I can continue to be friends with you though, is if you spend those two days (gasps) somehow in service of me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What if I text you? Okay. I'll take it. I'll I'll send you, I'll send you funny memes and jokes and stuff throughout the day. Okay. Where are you going? Or is this part of your friend share? And I think I already know the answer, but it's not part of my friend share, but we're going to, we're going to Newport, Rhode Island. Okay. I did know that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But our listeners didn't, and now they do. (laughs) So we're going to be talking about Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Sonia, this is our 20th film. Mm -hmm. Can you believe it? If we hadn't been doing this podcast, would you have watched 20 new films between March and now? Absolutely not. Right. So I'd like to make a proposal and you can say, no, we can think about this, but I'm thinking when we hit 25 films, we should go back to all the films that we've watched so far and pick our own top 10. So that's funny because my friend share is going to touch on this a little bit. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Should we, should we mix things up and have you just get into your friend share? I guess so. I mean, it's episode 20. We can do whatever we We want. We can do whatever we want. Well, so tell me what's your friend share. So mine's a little bit of a two-parter, but someone asked me this weekend out of all the movies we watched so far, what has been my favorite so far? And do you want to guess? Is it face off? <laughs> no. Oh, well, that was actually my first question back was, does, does the one that I chose count? And they said, no. So <laughs> knock that one out. All right. Um, boy, this is really hard. I'm just going to go with dead poet society. Good guess. Thank you. It is not correct. Okay. The answer is major league. Really? Yeah. Oh, that think- makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think that's the one I think back most fondly of. And like, sometimes I think about lines from it, like the I'm a banker thing. And I just like randomly start laughing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think what also helped me realize is I started watching Ted Lasso. 
And it's basically Major League. And this isn't a spoiler, really. But in the last episode of the first season, Ted Lasso even says my favorite line, which is win the whole fucking thing. So I was like, this is crazy. And I'm so thankful to you for having picked Major League because I really understood the impact of that moment because I had seen the movie. Oh, so thank you. You're welcome. That makes me so happy. And it's really interesting because my friend Cher is also a thank you to you. What? I know. <laughs> what is happening? This episode is already like the complete opposite of the last episode where yeah. everything was a disaster. Everything was a disaster. Things were collapsing. <laughs> Lee walked in on us. <laughs> you had something fall. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was crazy. Um, yeah. So I was thinking about how ever since we started this podcast, Sonia, I know you had said that you're you appreciate that having watched the movies that we've watched so far, you've been able to pick up on different cultural references in other things that you watch, which I thought was really great. I am grateful for this podcast because you have made me appreciate animal actors, especially dogs, because so (laughs) I have been trying to pick movies to show my film class that have really good practical effects and Lee wanted me to watch Mad Max Road Warrior and I also wanted to watch The Thing the 1982 version because I had never seen it nope never saw it no never saw any of those well Sonia both of these movies have really good doggy actors like so good. And I, and I thought of you and I thought, you know what, I think if I hadn't been doing this podcast with Sonia, I would never have appreciated those doggies. So thank you. You're welcome. They are such good actors. All of them. These doggy actors are up there with Eva's. Wow. Like really impressive. I don't, I don't know if you should watch the movies though, because as you mentioned in Poltergeist, oftentimes dogs are fall to a very mm-hmm. tragic fate. And that happens to both of these dogs in these films. So I, be watching those so you, I don't think you should watch them, but I want you to know that their acting was amazing. And I even said something to one of my film classes today because we started the thing. And I said, side note, the dog acting is amazing. And then they said, is there an Oscar for that? And I said, there should be. There absolutely should be a category for best animal actor. Yes. Why this doesn't exist is beyond me. I mean, I guess I know why it doesn't exist, but I think it should. I think it should too. Let's start writing letters to the Academy. Let's do it. (laughs) So if anyone would like to join our letter writing campaign to the Academy, asking for there to be a category for dog actors, please, please do so. (laughs) Well, I know we mixed it up with the French share order, but I still think you should tell us about the drink that we're okay. drinking. Okay. I was confused for a second too. I was like, <laughs> what do we do now? No, <laughs> I got you. Thank you. So we're drinking a drink called Lucky Rock, which funny enough was inspired by the film Parasite. Now, this may be shocking for our audience to hear, but I've never seen that movie. Okay. So I don't get the I don't get the reference. Well, it's on but the list. I, we'll get to it. Okay. Um, but I chose it because obviously when you think of Indiana Jones, and even if you really don't know much about Indiana Jones, one of the things that you know about is that scene where he outraces a boulder 
And so then I chose it for that reason. Now, I have to say, so there does that happen more than one time to him? Because in this film, when that happens, I remember it differently than like what the, the image of it I have in my head. Okay. But maybe I, what I have in my head is a parody of it. That's possible. Truthfully, it's been a long time since I've rewatched the other two films. I haven't seen the fourth one. Um, there is a fifth one that is being made, uh, but I don't remember if there are particular scenes that are similar to that where he's outrunning something that might crush him. It wouldn't okay. surprise me if there was. Because my memory of it is that he like basically like jumps into a hole and then it rolls over him. But in the film, he like kind of jumped to the side. Okay. Hmm. I, you know what, again, I'll have to, I'll have to rewatch those other two and get back to you. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Anyway, this (laughs) drink contains uh, one and a half ounces of bourbon, 0.75 seven five ounces of it is pronounced contro okay. i looked it up okay <laughs> after last week i was like cointro no that's not i like my it. french version of it it's contro. <laughs> i thought you were right i actually thought you were correct but we were both wrong it's contro okay um one ounce of fresh lemon juice and a quarter ounce of simple syrup you just mix everything up you you rock and roll it in a shaker and then you pour it in a glass um, it recommends one large ice cube, which I think is the rock. And it is lucky because it is being covered in this delicious substance mm-hmm. and then garnished with some fresh nutmeg or just nutmeg from a bottle. If that's all you have. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Chin, chin. It is good. It is delicious. Sonia, what does your glass say? Oh, um, it says hail yourself. And then there's this thing. So funny enough, I'm also wearing the shirt of another podcast called the last podcast on the left. Okay. And I didn't mean to use the glass or the t-shirt at the same time. It just happened. Um, but they, <laughs> it's, it's a podcast about like, they do a lot of like true crime stuff, but they also do stuff about like aliens and the occult and stuff. So then their sign off they all hail things oh that's so cool (laughs) that sounds like my kind of podcast it's great you should listen to it and their humor is right up your alley oh my goodness I will check it out well in regards to this drink I think you'll be proud of me because since this this is the second time we're using Contro did I say that right Mm -hmm. as an ingredient I actually Mm -hmm. just bought some good job and I have to say when I opened the bottle and took a whiff it was delightful It's good. It's used in a lot of drinks. So it's a good one for you to have in your bar as a staple. And I also decided to purchase bourbon because all I have is whiskey and I've always been substituting whiskey for bourbon whenever one of our drinks called for bourbon. But then I was looking up what the difference is. And I guess apparently there's maybe a slight difference. I always thought they were just the same thing, but maybe they are the same thing, but I decided I also got a small bottle of bourbon. Nice. I like bullet is my favorite. Okay. I think I just got Jim Bean or something like that because it was the cheapest. Right. That's fair. <laughs> but we'll I really like this your drink. bourbon taste over time. That's right. That's right. I have to start. I have to start simple and then work my way up to something you know really special. Yeah. I think for Christmas this year, I'm going to ask for a gift card to Bottle King. It's not a bad idea. I know, right? I was thinking about it, and I was like, I wonder if I've spent more money on liquor than I have on shoes this year. 
Probably. I think that's possible. I don't know if that's a <laughs> good year. <laughs> All right. Shall we get into this movie, Sonia? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark was released in 1981, directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Lawrence Kasdan, with story credits going to George Lucas and Philip Kaufman, starring Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, Karen Allen as Marion, Paul Freeman as Belloc, John Reese davies as Sala, and Denham Elliott as Marcus Brody. And Sonia, in the tradition of Nope, Never Saw It, I have made a list of films that are connected to each of these names that I've just read off. I'm going to share these film titles with you. If you've seen the movie, you just say, duh, I've seen it, Gina, please. If you have not seen it, what do you say? Nope, never saw it. Okay, here we go. So Steven Spielberg, I feel like how many, is this our second Spielberg film that we've done so far? Was Saving Private Ryan him? Yeah, Saving Private Ryan was. So I think this might be our second. And I feel like we're going to come back to a lot of Steven Spielberg films. So instead of overwhelming you with his entire category, uh, I am going to just name one film. Have you seen Empire of the Sun? Nope, never saw it. Okay, that's a really good Christian Bale. Okay, Um, this film was also written by Lawrence Kasdan. He also wrote the screenplay for the film Mumford. Nope, never saw it. Okay. Uh, George Lucas, who was given story credits, also wrote uh, the story for this film. I'm not sure if you've heard of it before. It's called Star Wars. Hmm. Star Wars? Can you spell that? S-T-A-R and then W-A-R-S. Duh, Gina. Of course I've seen that. Thank God. <laughs> Thank I've God. actually seen every single one of them. That makes me so happy. <laughs> Although I'd love to revisit those films, but I'm glad that you've seen them. I just had a second where I was like, wait, have I? <laughs> no, I, have. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that look in your eyes. You're like, wait. It's like, shit, am I thinking of a different picture movie? I'm thinking of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I've seen all of those too. Okay, good. Um, and then Philip Kaufman was given uh, story credits. So because he and George Lucas actually wrote a treatment of this story in the early 70s, he also is uh, credited for the story, The Right Stuff. Nope, never saw it. That's about astronauts. Yes, it is. (laughs) Very good. All right. And then Harrison Ford, who played Indiana Jones. Now I could go on and on about Harrison Ford movies, but these are two um, that I'm throwing out there. Partly because I love them and partly because there's a, there's a tiny, maybe large part of me that hopes that you have not seen them because I would love to watch these movies and talk about them with you. The first one is The Fugitive. I'm really sorry, but I have seen that one. Oh, all right. I love you, but I'm mad at you. Okay. And then the other one is Blade Runner. Nope, never saw it. Okay. Karen Allen, who played Marion, was in Animal House. Nope, never saw it. <laughs> I did not expect that. Really? <laughs> You've never seen Animal House. Okay, 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 okay. And then the other one um, movie that she's in, which was one of my go-to, it was my go-to movie in high school on Christmas Eve. I would watch this every night when I came home from church. The rest of my family was in bed, and I would put this movie on. Scrooged. Nope, never saw it. Okay. 
Paul Freeman, who plays Belloc, was also in the movie Hot Fuzz. Nope, never saw it. Okay. John Reese davies who played Sala. You just told me you've seen all of these films. He was in all the Lord of the Rings. I have seen them. Which, who was he? He's Gimli. Oh, duh. I knew that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Isn't that crazy? I only discovered that recently that he's the same person. Yeah. Okay. And then Denim Elliott, I think I'm pronouncing his first name correctly, who plays Marcus Brody. He has a small part in the beginning, but he does have a more prominent role in the, at least the third Indiana Jones installment. He was also in the film Trading Places. Um, what is that? Uh, Eddie Murphy, Dan nope. Aykroyd. Never saw it. Okay, Sonia. Oh, I'm excited to add some of these classics to the list. I'm kind of bummed that we don't get to watch The Fugitive, but I think I'm, I need to give this movie a rewatch because I love it so what much. What if I pick it? <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Okay. Oh, you just got me really excited. Okay, don't watch it. The I'm plot thickens. All right, all right, all right. I'll put that one to the side. And moving on, we have our Friends Connection segment in our pursuit to prove that the television show Friends is the center of all things. We have so far been able to find connections between the television show, actors of the show, and every movie that we've talked about so far. I have, I'll say one and a half Friends Connections. Do you have any? Okay. I have one that's a stretch. Okay. I'll start. I'll start with one. We'll go back and forth. Okay. All right. The first one, I already shared this with you, Sonia, and you said it doesn't count, but I'm just going to throw it out there anyway. The episode, the one with the cooking class, Rachel refers to Ross as an Indiana Jones for dinosaurs. <laughs> so that's not exactly true. No, it is that episode. This is my stretch. Okay. They're at a baby store buying stuff right. and the shop lady is like flirting with Ross. And yeah. then he says he's a paleontologist and she says a paleontologist who works out, you're like Indiana Jones. Oh. And then he responds, I am like Indiana Jones. You're right. You're right. I stand corrected. Was that but you were stretch? very close. That, that was, was my stretch. Close. Oh, okay. Yep. You inspired my stretch. Oh, okay. All right. And then the next one that I have is Harrison Ford, who plays Indiana Jones, was an Anchorman 2, which also stars Paul Rudd, who played uh -huh. Phoebe's boyfriend, fiance, husband, Mike. I just saw the episode today where they got engaged. Oh, me! I watched that one yesterday. Oh, it was on at lunchtime today. It was probably oh. on last night for you, right? Well, I watch it on HBO Max and oh. I've just been going through some in the last season. And when it's over, I'll probably just start over from the beginning yeah, again. As you do. Because as you do. Yeah. Well, Friends show. is on at lunchtime. So whenever I have to make my lunch and my dog's lunch. Yep. My dog eats lunch. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to our plot summary. Sonia, last week, I, or last episode, I should say, I asked you what you thought the movie was about. And you gave me your plot summary. Would you like to hear, or are you ready to hear your original plot summary read back to you word for word? I don't know that I'm ever ready, but <laughs> I'm always very excited. Okay, here we go. Sonia's original plot summary for Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones is an archaeologist slash superhero, and there's an ark. It's a lost ark, and these people are trying to steal from it. So he has to go and stop it and make sure it doesn't get raided. The end. 
didn't know what this movie was about. <laughs> I mean, that's basically it, though. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to call a movie Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, clearly it's about a man named Indiana Jones and people who are trying to raid an ark that has been lost. Yeah. So I did update the summary just slightly. Okay. Just a couple tweaks. All right. Ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. Let me shuffle my papers like I'm a newscaster. (laughs) That was very (laughs) newscaster-y. Tonight on the six o'clock news, (laughs) the ark has gone missing. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Need to find a hidden treasure? Who are you going to call? Indiana Jones! Professor of archaeology by day and adventurer by night, Dr. Jones is embarking on his latest quest to find the Ark of the Covenant before the Nazis can. But it's not just the Ark he needs to save. Former flame Marion is kidnapped by enemies, and now our hero is in a race against time to find the Ark, save humanity, and get his girl. <laughs> get his girl. <laughs> So I really think Sean should be reading. <laughs> you looked like you were gonna lose it after you went Indiana Jones. I know I couldn't look at you. <laughs> like, I was, was like, so oh no, it's gonna be like a face-off repeat, except you would know how it felt for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You held it together. I'm so impressed. Thank you. I held it together by not looking at you. Okay. <laughs> I would have started laughing. Because I almost, I almost started laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, like I said, this movie was released in 1981. I was three years old when it came out in the theaters. And I saw this in the theaters. My mom brought me and my brother and sister to go see this movie Um, It was rated PG because I believe at the time PG 13 ratings did not exist. In fact, it was originally going to be given a rated R because of the face melting towards Mm -hmm. the end. But then I I don't know if they tweaked those special effects or those. I heard that's why they added the fire in front of it. Oh, that's right. You couldn't see it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So then it earned that PG rating. Um, so I was three, probably about three and a half years old. I remember it was, I think it was summertime and it was really hot. This is how I remember it. And, uh, I remember really being super entertained the whole time and then completely traumatized by the face melting scene. <laughs> Sounds about right. And I, I it's funny cause I can confidently say I've seen this movie 20 times at least. And I can count on one hand the amount of times I've actually watched that scene really, without turning away. Yeah, kind of similar to Poltergeist where, where, the, where Marty rips his face off. Mm-hmm. I know how those scenes sound yep. <laughs> because I would just cover my eyes. But it took, a, it took a long time before I could just sit and watch it without turning away. That's um, but but I, I remember thinking it was a really fun movie. I remember we ended up, you know, having it on VHS and we would watch the movie all the time. I'd watch it with my dad. I'd watch it with my brothers and sisters. It was just always a really fun adventure movie. And uh, so I, I, again, like so many of the other films that we've watched that I've picked, I, I have a very strong connection to this film because it was a big part of my childhood. So that being said, Sonia, you're watching this for the first time as an adult. Tell me about your first impression. Well, technically, this was my second time because the 
first time I fell asleep. Oh, that's right. How far did you get the first time? Do you remember? Um, I don't remember when I fell asleep, but I remember when I woke up because <laughs> when the scene happened, I said to Sean, I was like, this is when I woke up last time. And I was so confused. Um, when I woke up was when, um, after they, Indiana is like down in the hole uh-huh. <laughs> with, um, and like he and, and Sala are just coming out of it. And then the rope drops. Okay. And then he's like, ah, oh, he dropped the rope. And then you realize it's because the Nazis are there. Mm-hmm. That was when I woke up and being like, why is he in a hole? What's happening? <laughs> is he in the map room or the well of souls with all the snakes? Uh, I think it was the well of souls. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, so I saw a lot of things as I was like kind of researching this movie that said like, this was the perfect movie. And, um, Steven Spielberg said that this is his favorite of the movies and there's nothing he would change. And I can sort of like, I can see the nostalgia behind it. And especially like introducing a character like Indiana Jones at a time when there was nothing like that and being able to really like create a character who can have a continuing story and you can do multiple movies about I totally see why this movie has stood up to where it is and has lasted and and um yet I (laughs) kept thinking I can see why I fell asleep oh (laughs) I'd like to go to sleep right now and I think it's just like the difference between action movies in the early 80s and action movies now like there are parts of it that are kind of slow and like I've talked about this with other movies before like when the dialogue is like a little bit rushed or like it almost sounds like people are like mutter mumbling I'm always Mm -hmm. like this I can't this is making me tired so (laughs) um so that is I overall I will categorize this as a win okay even though it made me sleepy Okay, but you made it through the whole movie. I did make it through the whole movie. Yeah. You know, I did, I but can... there was a lot of like looking at my phone and stuff. I was... Okay, okay, that's fair. And you know what I can say this time around, and again, I've seen this movie so many times and maybe it was because I've seen this movie so many times and, and I'm watching it for this specific purpose for our podcast so we can talk about it. But I did feel that there were moments, especially some of the longer action scenes they felt a little tedious to me but I but again I think it's because I know what's happening I know what's going to happen I know the outcome uh I'm so familiar with the film at this point that uh, that might have fed into me feeling that way it's not because I that there's (laughs) that one chase scene where I was like I mean I cannot believe you've been chasing him this long (laughs) and I was bored three minutes ago and you're still chasing him. <laughs> which, so, which, like, which chasing are you talking about? After, after the plane bro- uh, blows up. Okay. Then like Indy starts chasing. I also like did, this was also one of the movies where I didn't, I couldn't retain anybody's name. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to keep saying like this guy, that guy, the bad mm-hmm. guy. So yeah. then they're like in a car and then they're like fighting on the outside of the car. Mm-hmm. And in my notes, I wrote that wrote down that it was a chase scene and it was way too long. Okay. That was, that was actually the scene where I started to check out as well this time around. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got it. But I I think you raise a really interesting point when you're, when you talk about comparing action movies to the early eighties to action movies today. And 
And I've been thinking so much, like I said before, I've been trying to find films that have more practical effects to show my film class. And, you know, and then we're going to look at like the matrix, you know? So it is interesting to me how I think I, I would argue that being able to use computers to create these graphics that was impossible in the early eighties, I think has had such a huge impact on this genre of film because you can do so much more and, and that I think elevates the pace of the film as well, you know? I mean, but, but also, you know, some movies that I watch today, I think for me, and I'm starting to get to a point in my life, I guess, where anytime there's a chase scene or a big fight scene, I'm kind of like, (laughs) you know, I'm just, I'm so, I'm just kind of over it. Um, And then again, that might've been feeding into me feeling a little checked out at certain points in this film. In the movie's defense, I was comparing it to the most perfect chase scene, which happens in Face Off. (laughs) Are you talking about the the motorboat scene? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What other scene would I be talking about? (laughs) We should do a Face Off Indiana Jones side-by-side comparison. (laughs) A Face Off Indiana Jones Face Off, if you will. Oh, yeah. So aside from the action scenes getting a little tedious at times and checking out, what what were some other things that stood out to you in the film? Um, So I I, try to think of things to say that aren't part of the categories. Okay. Um, Because a lot of, I think, like, like last time, I didn't take that many notes because most of the stuff or most of the thoughts I have are related to the categories. Mm -hmm. But I did sort of like, like, this felt like a good date film, like, back in the 80s, like, you could go with your man or go with your lady, and there's, like, a little bit of something for everybody, and I liked that it was an action film, but there's a lot of comedy in it, like, Mm -hmm. it's very funny, Um, there's a little bit of romance, there's a little bit of history, the one thing I did not like, though, were the tarantulas. I knew you were going to say that. Oh my God. It wasn't so bad when they were on Indy, but when they were on that other guy and mm-hmm. as he turned, I just went, oh my God. And I, I just, I like was sitting like this and I was like, Sean, you have to tell me when it's safe to leave. <laughs> it was even thinking about it. Like, I feel like they're on me. Are they on me? <laughs> they're not on you. There are no tarantulas on you at all. Well, mm-hmm. fun, fun fact that I read. So Alfred Molina, who plays that character, um, his name, Sopito, I think his name is. Yeah. That was his first film credit and the first scene that. that he shot was having all those tarantulas on him can Good you imagine him, man no I, <laughs> I would know. be like oh this is my first role and you want to do what to me yeah I'm quitting <laughs> and I'm getting a new occupation I I have to say and one thing that stood out to me that I mean is so I guess so obvious but I never really thought about it before is just how many animals are featured in this film because you have the scene with the tarantulas you have the snakes which by the way apparently they had 7,000 snakes in the well of souls oh my god yeah so they originally had I want to say two or three thousand and Spielberg said it's not enough snakes it doesn't look it doesn't look full enough for me so they had to get as like their hands on whatever snakes they could is it bad that I'm picturing him just going like more snakes more, no. and then laughing maniacally? No, that makes me love you more. Okay. <laughs> 
But I, what I wanted to, I need to talk about this monkey spy because Mm -hmm. I have some questions about it. Um, But, and kind of, oh, there's so many things I want to say right now, because you had said how like, this would be a great date movie. Cause you've got like the action, you've got a little romance. And I think you could even say that what's really strong about this film is that I think it's a great movie for any age, for any occasion. Well, especially Maybe not a as funeral. a three and a half year old, I was gonna right. say, <laughs> that has seen this. Yeah. you're the expert. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> That's true. I have seen this at pretty much every age. <laughs> Because you have, you know, because even like, even as a three and a half year old, I could follow the story. And, and I remember being really tickled by the monkey, but watching it this time, I was like, hang on a second. What exactly is this monkey's function? Cause he's, I'm assuming he's supposed to be, or she is supposed to be some kind of a spy but how does a monkey spy? Because the monkey has its owner and the owner, I'm assuming, releases it. And then the monkey befriends Marion and then the monkey's with Indy and Marion. But it's not like the monkey can report back to anybody about what it overheard or saw. So that was, I was just kind of like, what is the point of this monkey? I feel like the monkey has a, a, like a, a purpose and, and, it's, and it exists to serve you know, the, the Nazis in some way, but, but then I'm like, but that's not really possible. And then it eats a poison date and dies. Well, I assume, so I think, I mean, obviously the monkey was for the movie purposes of saving Indiana's life, Mm -hmm. but maybe they, they thought that like the monkey would lead them to a secret lair and open a door for them or something like that. Like if the monkey had stayed with Indy and Marion. Yeah. Maybe that's what the monkey could do they, or, or make hand gestures. Cause he did salute Hitler. He did salute Hitler. <laughs> did you read how they got the monkey to do that? No, they, they dangled a grape just out of camera frame. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's apparently it took like 50 takes for them to get oh. it right. Cause the monkey knew what was up and was like, I know I'm not doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that, that I had questions about that. I, I also had questions about, since you mentioned the romance and, and it's so funny because this is the first time. And I, I know people, anybody else who's a big fan of this movie is probably going to think I'm a total idiot, but I think partly because I saw this movie when I was so young. And when you're really young, you, you know, have trouble following the dialogue. Like I said, like I, I got what the story was, but um, when, when they talk about Ravenwood, in the beginning and I realized that okay so he was Indy's mentor and it's established that he's older and this time around I was like wait but I thought he had a relationship with Marion like for some reason I thought there was some kind of love triangle going on there and then it was and then I realized this time no wait no Marion was Ravenwood's daughter and and then I just had questions because we have that um the uh exchange when they first reunite and, and she meant, and she says that she was a child. She was in love. It was wrong. And you knew it. Um, and I really all of a sudden had a lot of questions. And again, you know, we've said this before, like, I want the prequel. Like, I want to know what that relationship was when she says she was a child. I mean, I know she doesn't mean she was like five, but what was she? Was she 17? Was she 16? Was he, you know, it's, you know, so it was, it was really like that was really interesting to me um, 
that's that history that they have. And, and I wanted more, but I also felt like I needed more of that because after her bar burns down and she shows him that she has the medallion and she's like, I'm your goddamn partner. And then they travel by map to Cairo. <laughs> <laughs> I like that term. Well, did you ever see, you know, did you ever see the, um, I forget which Muppet movie it was, but it was the one that I think Jason Segal wrote it or Jason nope, Segal. never saw it. Okay. So the, he makes fun of the whole like map thing. And he's like, we're just going to travel by map. It's oh, the fastest so way. It's so true. So that, yeah. So they travel by map to Cairo and then all of a sudden, you know, the first time we see Indiana Jones and Marion together, there's obviously a lot of tension. It's a little combative their, their exchange with each other. She's clearly pissed at him, but then she's somehow softened between then and, and when they're in Cairo. And I, and I'm really curious to know, I wish maybe there had been something in between that showed how he was able to kind of, you know, get her to not hate him so much and, and get her to let go of her resentment, you know, because I, because I, what I like about her character, what I love about her character, especially compared to all of the other female relationships that Indiana Jones has in the other movies is that she has a lot of agency. You know, Mm -hmm. she's really tough. Um, She tries to make herself useful. Um, I love that she's not all glammed up in every scene. Like she looks like she's been in a desert for three weeks, you know, Mm -hmm. I love that. And she's, and she's a beautiful person. So, um, what am I saying here? What was I saying? (laughs) Well, you said you wished that there was something that showed how she softened to him between the bar, between the scene in the bar. And then after they traveled by map. Yeah. And I think, I actually think that the fight in the bar is what softened her to him because I think that they, like, she was pissed to see him. And I know they have a fight, like, right after when they're outside and she says she wants to go with him, but she says she wants to go with him because she realizes she loves him and wants to help him. Yeah. But I think it's like, they kind of quickly in, in the course of the fight kind of fall into, I feel like maybe what I presume are like old patterns where they Mm -hmm. can sort of anticipate the other person's needs and even just you know that the one scene I'm thinking about is when Indiana is like pinned and he just says whiskey and she knows exactly what to do which I mean I guess what else would you do he's probably not asking for a drink but (laughs) it just felt like the way that they were fighting was very much a partnership and I feel like to me I think that's what softened her and probably on the plane there was some nice conversation yeah and I think um I, I like that you use the word partnership because I think that that's what this is. She's not someone that needs to be saved. Although, you know, there is a moment where he could rescue her, but I love that he doesn't. He's like, mm-hmm. wait, you got to stay here or else I'm yeah. know I'm here. She's like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> but what's interesting about that is he's like, I'm, so he's like, I'm not going to rescue you. You need to stay here mm-hmm. because otherwise they're going to know I'm here. They're going to get suspicious. But then he sets up this dig that's, you know, within sight of all of the Nazis. And isn't there, isn't there any concern that they're going to raise suspicion? Well, that's I mean, where you have to just let that slide. I guess. I know. <laughs> I, know. I did love that Marianne is always yelling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. 
He really is always yelling. Mm-hmm. But it's not, but it's not annoying to me. I feel like when no. she yells, it's like for good reasons. Yes. Yes. It must have been such a fun character to play. Yeah, I agree. Another, another thing that stood out to me was, and this kind of sent me down this rabbit hole of thought, really not, I didn't like nothing to research, but the, when, when Indy and Belloc are talking, it's when they're in Cairo and they're, and they're at the bar and uh, it's after he thinks that Marion has died. And Belloc says to him, he says, you and I are very much alike. Archaeology is our religion, yet we have both fallen from the pure faith. Our methods have not differed as much as you pretend. I am a shadowy reflection of you. It would take only a nudge to make you like me to push you out of the light. And I, and I really loved this line. This really stood out to me so much this time around, because then I, I started getting into this, these thoughts of what if this were what the movie was really about, about Indy trying to prove that he's not like Belloc, you know, because in the beginning they seem to be, they really do seem to be the same person. You know, it, it seems like Indy is in pursuit of these artifacts, not for the greater good, but because he wants to sell them to the museum. Like he gets money for them. And I think the rarer, rarer, that's such a, is that a word? And it's really hard to say. Rarer. 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 <laughs> the more rare the artifact, you know, the, the, the bigger the reward will be. And he's obviously willing to go to great lengths, even risk his own life. I mean, the, the idol that he tries to acquire in the beginning, I mean, jumping over this giant pit, um, Mm -hmm. running through poison darts, uh, you know, getting chased by, um, by natives and shot at, like getting almost crushed by a giant boulder. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot, you know, but, and then just to lose it, you know, because, and the belt is like, thanks, I'll take that. Um, but you know, and then you think about the, the end, um, I'd like to think that, you know, their paths kind of divert at some point, but, um, anyway, so that was, that was something that stood out to me. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, well, since we've been talking about Belloc, I really want to talk about um, the fly. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a scene towards the end of the film where he is speaking and very clearly a fly lands on his face and is crawling around his face and then disappears into his mouth. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the fly did not actually go into his mouth. No. Um, no. So... The way they were shooting it. So they wanted to keep the fly there because they thought that it it showed a really good character trait of just how like unshaken he can be. Mm-hmm. So most people, whether you're a villain or not, like if a fly just lands on you, you're going to react to it. Just it tickles, they buzz. I just think most people probably re- would react, but he had no reaction. And it was obviously not part of the film like it was not a planned thing they didn't right. train a monkey and train a fly yeah <laughs> um so i i read that it was just the speed of which the fly flew away and like the filming of the movie that it looks like it has disappeared into his mouth but really the fly flew away <laughs> but we were watching and i was just like 
that fly just went into that guy's mouth. <laughs> Remember, I didn't, I don't know anybody's name. Um, but there's a very interesting article about if Paul Freeman, Free, Paul Freeman, who is the actor who played Bellic, really mm-hmm. ate a fly or not, and he did not. So he says. <laughs> right. So he says. But it is, but it is pretty impressive that he could he could plow through with a fly crawling yeah, over him. Just no reaction. They're like, this is the perfect portrayal of his character. I mean, that's that's a man that's in the zone. For real. For yeah. real. For real. That's now that's the scene when they're on that island and they're about to open up the ark, right? Yes. And Jones is like, I'm gonna blow it up. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I was watching this with Brian. Um, another, like, you know, Brian, who's 13, he usually, when he watches these movies with me now, he just checks out, but he, he stayed through the whole thing. So I think another testament to how accessible this film is to people of all ages. But as we were watching that scene, Brian was like, isn't it kind of ironic that, that Hitler wants to uncover this arc to um you know basically take over the world but it has it's like steeped in jewish faith you know because it has the relics of the of the 10 commandments um and i and i thought i was like right i think you know and i'm an english teacher i'm like yeah that is kind of mm-hmm. that would be ironic right is that irony yeah i mean like irony to me yeah like the very thing that you're trying to destroy is the thing that you're trying to have to give you power right so I thought that was I I never thought about that before and I was like huh (laughs) thank you Brian thank you Brian (laughs) thank you for that very mom and I would not have gotten to a very deep deep thought I know right (laughs) we'll introduce a new segment called deep thoughts by Brian (laughs) oh that would be so fun he would love it He really wants to be a guest on our podcast, but I keep saying no, or I keep changing Mm -hmm. the subject. Uh I guess, (laughs) I I guess he needs to grow up a little bit more, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Should we get into the categories? We should, but I have one last story I want to tell. I'm ready. When I was in LA in 2019, one of the things we did was we went to Disneyland and we went on the Indiana Jones ride <gasps> and it was so fun because it's not really that scary, but it's like, cause it's not a roller coaster, but have you been on it? Before Wait, I just is start it, telling is you it about Thunder it, Mountain? No, it's not Thunder Mountain. Is no, it? I don't know what it's called. I think it's called like Indiana Jones, but you like basically get in what seems like a Jeep and then you're just like going through a scene and I think there's a lot of stuff from the movies which of course every reference went right over my head Uh but there's one scene or there's one part of the ride where it the thing stops and he's hanging from a rope above you Uh and we were sitting in the first car and so he was literally right on top and it's like not a real person it's like Uh a it's like an anatomic robot kind of person but he was right on top of us. And I always think about that. And then watching this movie, I was like, oh, remember that ride? <laughs> Isn't that a good story? That was a really good story. Wait, this was this Disney World or Disneyland? In Disneyland, California? I think, is the one in California. Okay. I've never been on that ride before. You should. Next time you go there, you everybody, you should go. It's fun. It's really okay. fun. 
Yeah, I don't think they have that one at Disney World. I don't know. I've never been there. Or I was, but I was like six months old. Nope, never been there. Nope. Doesn't count if you don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) I fell asleep. (laughs) Sonia, let's go, let's go to California and go to Disneyland. Okay. Okay. Right now? Right now. Okay. Episode over. No. Bye everybody. Well, that's the end of our episode. (laughs) (laughs) Catch us on Spotify. (laughs) Okay. All right. Categories. Yes, for real. Okay. So you want to give us a point recap? I do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Excuse me. I'm choking. I think on nutmeg. Oh, die. So we're at, before I give us a point recap, I'm going to give us a rules recap because we're at episode 20 and we may have some new listeners who are jumping in just because they saw, oh my God, Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. I love that movie. So every week when every episode, when we have our conversation, we just sort of have an open form of conversation. And then we go into eight categories and we have to choose a person or thing or something to fulfill one of these categories. And if our answers match, we score a point. And so we keep track of our points. And when we hit any multiple of 20, it is my turn to choose the movie. So we are now on episode 20 at 34 points. The other rule here is if we ever sweep all of the categories at the top of the next episode, we have to take a shot. Mm -hmm. It hasn't happened yet, but it could one day. It could one day. It could happen today. It could. We're really, really close to 40. I, for some reason, I thought we had 33 points, but I'm excited. We have 34. Mm -hmm. Because we scored one point in our crazy rich Asians episode. That's right. Okay. Well, Sonia, it's your turn to go first this episode. It is. So and for favorite favorite character, character. I have chosen Sala. I think you might have as well (laughs) based on your eyebrows. Did my face give it away? (laughs) So he's just he's adorable. I loved when he I don't know what this means, but I wrote concerned he is going to be bad. (laughs) Do you know what that means? Maybe you were worried that he was going to double cross. Oh, that is what I mean. Okay. Yes. So I was concerned Not he was not concerned that he was going to be bad. I Mm -hmm. was concerned that he would eventually double cross Indiana Jones. Oh my God. Thank you for telling me. You're so welcome. See, I know you so well. It's true. You do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I loved when he, um, there's like the scene where they're going into a, a different hole and Indiana's like come down here and then Sala just like points to himself he's like <laughs> me and then I also loved when after um Indiana saves Marion and they like all reunite and I think this is right before she kisses him mm-hmm. before Marion kisses Sala but he says it might have been a different scene but he says I'm so pleased you're not dead yes <laughs> He was just like such a nice guy. He's the one who grabbed the poison date before Indiana could eat it. Like they're mm-hmm. just literally at every turn. He was doing something so wonderful or hilarious or adorable. He was just the best. I completely agree. I thought he brought a lot of comedy to it. I And you're right. I never thought about the potential for him to be a double crosser. And I'm so glad that the story didn't go that way. Me too. I think I think it was just nice to have a loyal 
uh, partner, you know, someone who, I mean, I, even, I think, you know, maybe I know we talked about Marion and, and Indy being partners, but, but Sala is part of that as well. Um, so yeah, I, everything that you said is, was what I said. I, I did have Marion as a runner up, um, but we talked about her already. And then I yep. had a runner, runner up. Oh, a runner to your runner up, a runner to my runner up, which was the student who wrote love you on her eyelids. <laughs> Oh my God. And it was funny because I knew it was coming. And, and I mean, Harrison Ford in this movie is so dreamy. He's dreamy in a lot of movies, but especially in this movie. Um, and, and then that scene, like I could just imagine him being a professor and you notice, I don't know if you noticed, but all like most of the class is women. Yeah. And they're all just sort of like gazing dreamily at him. I don't know how, and I get it's a movie, but you know, the fact that he could read what was on her eyelids was cracking me up, but man, you know, get it girl, you know, love you. Let's go out sometime. And that makes me think, oh, I'm just thinking of this now. So I had read that in the scene where Marcus um, visits Indiana's home and Mm -hmm. he's dressed in like Oh yeah, he's a wearing robe. like a, almost like a smoker's like a jacket, sort of. jacket, right? Mm-hmm. So apparently, originally, he was dressed that way because he had a, a lady companion mm-hmm. at his home, and then they decided that they didn't want to paint his character in that light. But if they did, I wonder if it would have been the student, oh. because because Spielberg, the the whole genesis for this film, I shouldn't say the whole genesis for this film, because I'd mentioned that. George Lucas and uh, uh, Philip Kaufman. <laughs> it's like, what was his name? Philip Kaufman had written a treatment of the story about a decade prior to when it was released. But Spielberg had told Lucas that he really wanted to make a James Bond film. Mm-hmm. And Lucas said, well, instead of James Bond, how about this? Mm-hmm. So he presented the Indiana Jones character. So I think originally he was supposed to be kind of like a James Bond, but a paleontologist, you know, like having that action adventure edge to him, having that lady killer edge to him. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that they took that element out of it because Me I too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it would have, it would have downplayed his connection with Marion. Plus also all, if it was the student too, I would have been, concerned that he was a bit of a predator <laughs> <laughs> well yeah especially in today's climate for sure yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> but I digress okay <clears throat> okay Least favorite We're, character I'm gonna go with worst character on this one okay um, I chose Todd okay he was just so awful there was no there, he had literally no redeeming qualities zero <laughs> I'm glad he melted <laughs> there I said it did you ever think he would say that sentence? I'm glad he melted. Never think that would go ever in your head. life. Did you think this is a sentence I'll say someday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad he melted. I'm glad he melted. <laughs> well, Sonia, I also picked Todd. Oh man. We are two for two. So Todd was played by Ronald Lacey. I mean, I just picked him. Here's the thing. I picked him as my least favorite character but I actually kind of liked all the characters in this movie and he's like, he's so creepy and weird, but this time around, I kind of liked him, but I just liked him less than all of the other characters. Mm, okay. I mean, I, Cause I, I really liked that. He's not 
this indestructible villain, you know, like when he burns his hand and he's like running outside and crying like a little baby and shoving it into the snow. It's like, okay, like he's, you know, he's vulnerable. Um, the, the whole hanger gag, uh, in the tent with Bellic and Marion always cracks me up. And then I noticed when they are on that Island and they're marching, you know, to prep for this opening of the arc at one point, I think it, I think it has to be when Indy stops them and is standing up on the cliff with the bazooka or whatever it is he has. He's like, I'm going to blow up the arc, Renee. Um, and, and you see Todd and he's just like sitting down on a rock and he's got his hat off and he's wiping the sweat and he just looks so exhausted and exasperated. There's just like, there's a, there's a human quality to him that just kind of tickled me this time around, but I still think he's like, you know, the worst. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I mean, I agree. I think his human (laughs) quality is actually quite relatable because I think if I was a villain, I would also like probably be like, oh, I shouldn't, I thought this like black, all black outfit was so cool, (laughs) but now I'm walking through the desert and I'm really tired. But the scene where he grabs the medallion and burns his hand, I was like, well, what do you think is going to happen? Like you saw that it was just on fire. You're grabbing it. Like, come on, man. Rookie, rookie mistake. Even Marion knew she knew grab it with a cloth right exactly don't touch it directly she's a smart one another reason why i like her so much yeah okay okay i think we might veer off this matching path here okay my best character arc oh no so i talked this no oh god no (laughs) i talked this over with sean because i was like i'm really struggling i feel like none of the characters So now that we've had this conversation, I maybe feel differently, but I was like, I don't know that I've gotten to really know anybody's journey as well as I would have liked to, to assign this, but there is one character whose journey you really see from beginning to end, and that is the Lost Ark. (laughs) Oh my God, I love your answer so much. (laughs) Tell me more. Well, at first the Ark is lost, right? (laughs) No one knows where it is. And someone wants to rate it. <laughs> and someone wants to rate it. And then there's this guy named Indiana Jones. And he's like, I'm going to find that arc. But then, like, you know, you don't really understand what the arc is for. You don't really understand how majestic and powerful it is. And then it's uncovered. It gets pulled out of dirt. It becomes this beautiful golden thing. And then its journey ends with it being put in a box and hidden away in a room with all these other boxes because the world just isn't ready for the majestic powers of the Ark. Okay. <laughs> I love it. You know what? I'm, I'm down with that. I picked the poltergeist or the house for best oh, yeah. character arc That's for true. poltergeist. So uh-huh. I totally, I totally get it. I totally okay. get it. I love that answer. I also had a really hard time with this category, which is funny because I feel like we kind of added this category because it was going to be like the easiest one, Uh Uh (laughs) but, but I agree. Like after I watched the film, I actually thought about this category for a couple days because I was like, I don't really feel like there's been a significant arc and listeners can disagree, but I, and I, and I couldn't understand why that was, but I think you, you nailed it when you said that we don't really get to know them very well, but I, I picked for best character arc, Indiana Jones. 
Okay. Um, and I started to talk about this earlier when I was quoting Belloc and when he's talking about how they're actually very similar. And then I don't know if you noticed, but as I was making my point, I trailed off because I realized I was giving my answer for best oh, character arc. I, didn't notice. <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 save it, save it for the categories, Gina. Um, like, cause like I said, I think in the beginning, he seems to be more of a treasure hunter. You know, like I said, he tracks down and acquires pieces that he can then sell to a museum. I think he does appreciate their value, but I don't think, I think, you know, he's, he's trying to make a living, yeah, you it's know, a side hustle for sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Side hustle. Yeah. So in that way, he is very much like Belloc. They are very similar to each other, but I think by the end, especially with the arc, he really does appreciate and respect its power um, and its ability to destroy anything. And so I, and I think that that's why he and Marion are spared at the end because he comes to this realization that it, it does need to be respected. And I don't think that Belloc and, and the Nazis see that. They wanna use it as a weapon um, and I think that that's why they are destroyed at the end. So I have a question and it's yeah. very possible that I just missed it because as I said, I was tuning in and out. And then after that unbearably long chase scene, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, get your head in the game, pay attention. How did he know not to look at it or look at what was coming out? Because of the, sh like, I understood when he saw when they did like the um, staff of raw thing, like mm -hmm. part of it was about flames and fire, but like, it seemed weird to me that he knew don't look at it. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. Okay. I, I, I can only, I can only imagine it was instinct intuition, or maybe he was, there were things about its history and the lore of the arc that he remembered from his studies, but yeah, no, it's never, openly clarified how he knew that okay yeah okay that makes me feel better I was like yeah. oh man you gotta pay attention <laughs> no no you didn't you didn't miss anything yeah. okay okay good okay on to least convincing performance I feel like my answer is controversial so okay. we might get some hate mail after this okay I chose Harrison Ford Ooh. Mm -hmm. okay so a few things. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think part of the reason why he was chosen for this role was because of the eye candy. And mm -hmm. I'm not disputing that. Mm -hmm. Good looking guy, mm -hmm. nice body, whatever. Whatever. Um, but as I mentioned before, like I feel a lot of this movie is um, there's a lot of like comedic stuff. And I don't think that's his strong suit, even though I will say on the Star Wars side, when he has to do some things that are funny, I think it's good, but it's almost like Han Solo is like kind of a cocky guy. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Indiana Jones is meant to be, but he's just not achieving it in a way because he's also like partnered, part Ross Geller. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't know, like the comedic time and and I know this was one of his early roles too so he was probably just sort of getting his bearings in in the industry um but I don't know it, he didn't hit those scenes and I think especially mo a lot of his scenes are with Karen Allen who also has 
a lot of like comedic and physical stuff to do. And I think she nailed it Mm -hmm. and he didn't quite nail it. Um, so just in terms of comparing them, that is why I chose him. And he also didn't, I didn't buy him as a professor. Mm -hmm. And the biggest problem was Indiana Jones is known for being scared of snakes. And I didn't think he really was that scared of snakes (laughs) as someone who is married to someone who is scared of snakes. Mm -hmm. I know what that looks like and I was not convinced. Okay. You know what? I respect your answer and you make a lot of really fine points. And you also made me think about the fact that his character wears a lot of different hats. And I don't mean that literally. He really has only one hat that we ever um, see him wear. There's one. one hat. I mean, metaphorically. So because when we first are introduced to him, he's presented as this very rugged adventure thrill-seeking person Mm -hmm. but then he but then he's also a professor and he's a completely different character there um and I think that you know there doesn't seem to be any overlap between the two you know what I mean it's almost like two sides of a coin playing like two different characters in those two portions of the film I do think that for the majority of the film, he plays that rugged character pretty well, even with his interactions with Mary and like the scene with them on the boat when, mm-hmm. when they're finally intimate, you know, and he's, he's, you know, allowing her to be close to him and, and take care of him. He's very resistant to it. I buy that. But yeah, I think you make a good point that the, the professor side of him doesn't seem to fit with everything else because all of these other parts of his character and his personality don't, I don't, I'd have to rewatch it. Cause now I'm really curious. I, I, I guess I don't, we don't see that coming out. You know, he's the intellectual, he's kind of nerdy. He's really into his, his uh, content and, and his expertise, but yeah, I think, I think that's really interesting. That maybe come up in the other movies more. Like, are there more professor scenes? No. I know no, in the next one that kid says, "Dr. Jones, I love you." So at least he references that he's a doctor. Right. Yeah, but he's. I don't believe that there are any scenes of him teaching in the second one, and in the third one, I don't think there are any scenes mm-hmm. like that either. But oh, maybe there. Wait, I'm trying to think. I have this image of a scene where a professor is going into a room and a bunch of students have questions about an exam or something they just got back and he closes the door on them and then their faces are pressed up against the glass of his door. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's that movie or if I'm thinking of another movie. Or just your real life. Maybe my real life. <laughs> or a dream That's what my students do when they get their essay grades back. <laughs> this <bitch. Yeah>. um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, okay. So my worst or least convincing performance, I picked the messenger pirate played by Eddie Tago. He's the guy that spots Indy on the submarine. So remember the, so the Nazis have boarded the ship. They're taking Marion. They're taking the Ark. They're looking for Indiana Jones. The captain is like, I killed him. 
And then, but he didn't, you know, he's trying to protect him. And then, and then, uh, so the Germans have left the boat. They've taken the Ark. They're on the submarine and Katanga and, and his crew are like on the, um, they're, what do you call that? The deck or whatever. And they're looking over, you know, and they're looking at the submarine. They're like, see if we can spot him. And he says this to the mess. He's, he's, uh, credited as the messenger pirate. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and he's like, okay. And he just, and he just like is staring out into space, but he's smiling the whole time. And then he just lifts his arm and he goes, there he is. <laughs> it's just so terrible. Aww. But the thing is, but this actor, I actually, he's also in the movie Top Secret. Have you seen that movie? Nope. Never saw it. Okay. That's another great movie. And I love him so much in that movie. So, but it's, so it's fun for me to see him in Indiana Jones with that small role, but, mm-hmm. and then I also had a runner up, which is really ridiculous. It's back when uh, we're back at the college and uh, Indiana Jones has dismissed his class and they're all filing out. And then some kid leaves him an apple and the way he left him an apple, he just like pounds it on the desk and keeps walking. And it's always bothered me. Like, why are you so forceful about it? Did he piss you (laughs) off? Like, are you just mad that I, I don't know that all the girls are into him and not you. I don't know. There was a lot of resentment with that apple. And then Marcus Brody just took it. Like, it's not your apple, Marcus. Come on. Maybe that person should get best performance if they put so much emotion behind that apple. Delivery. It was it was like a no joke, like, here's your fucking apple kind of thing. Wow. I felt. I do he- love how for this category, you picked like two of the most obscure people and I can't remember either of them. <laughs> and I chose the main actor (laughs) that's okay again i've seen this movie so many times so there okay true all right best performance performance i chose i alluded to this already i chose karen allen i thought especially in a cast that's mostly dudes Mm -hmm. and she has like as i said before like her performance like there's a lot of comedy there's a lot of like physical stuff she's getting thrown around a lot She's running around a lot in dresses and no shoes. Um, And I thought she did a great job. I also loved, I think that her character could have gone one of two ways, depending on how the person portrayed it. And I liked, you know, I think, I think Marion was meant to be a strong character, but I could see her being someone who like is strong in theory, but needs to be saved. And in any actions of saving herself, it, I could see it almost being played as almost accidental or like being really hesitant and afraid to do it, but trying to take care of business. And I'm specifically thinking of the scene where she gets locked in the, in the plane. Mm -hmm. And then she's like shooting the Nazis to keep them away from Indiana. Um, But I think she really owned that scene and it was like, okay, well I'm locked in this plane, which is slightly terrifying and I'm probably going to get blown up but it's fine. I'm going to just shoot this gun and I'm going to save him. And if I go out in a blaze of glory, then I'm going out in a blaze of glory. And it wasn't like, she was just as heroic, I think, as Indiana Jones. Um, And, you know, she, she needed saving, but in a way that's realistic. Um, And she also did some saving of her own. And again, I think like the strength that she really brought to the character was the right way to play it. And it could have totally come off a different way I love that answer thank you you're gonna hate my answer it's her I picked Harrison Ford oh (laughs) (laughs) that's okay when you said worst commit worst oh my god and I was like oh 
Well, this is like last time where we I picked Aquafina for a best performance. Oh, that's and right. You for worst. Yeah. Now I know. I guess now I know how it feels. <laughs> I picked him because I guess. Although I I do I think you make some really good points about you know the the uh, adventure versus the nerd. I but I, one of the things that I really like about his character is that even though Spielberg, you know, originally wanted a James Bond, I like that he's not. Mm-hmm. I I do think, and and I like that he's not invincible. Like he gets shot in the arm and he's in pain. Like it's never like, oh, I'm just going to keep going. You know, it's not like a Marvel superhero where he gets shot and uh, loses a limb. I don't think that's ever happened in a Marvel movie. And he's just like, well, I'm just going to keep going. You know, like he, you can see that he's really struggling. I also appreciate, you had mentioned before that the movie's really, I think the movie's funny. And Mm -hmm. I think that there's something about the way that he carries that character that makes him more human did something fall just, where are you laughing I just whispered I'm sorry I did, I said he wasn't funny oh <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he's really funny I don't think he's haha funny mm-hmm. but I do think like Sala is haha funny but I think that there's something about his performance like the scene where he um shoots the swordsman uh-huh. he just kind of like gets his gun out and he's like what is this fucking bullshit you know like <laughs> I like that I appreciate I I like um oh what's another I I totally lost it I just there are like moments like that where I liked when he had the little the jacket was too little yeah 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 <laughs> what a great detail too because how many times I know they make fun of that in the Austin Powers film where they you know they steal um uh, uniforms yep. from people that are completely different sizes from them mm-hmm. so I, I love that detail that he puts it on he's like oh shit this doesn't fit me you know mm-hmm. um so so I I I do I honestly do think that he plays that character really well enough and well enough where it's again it's a movie that I've revisited over and over and over again and while some of the action scenes at this point and that's just because I think I have a lower tolerance for those kinds of scenes now to me feel tedious I I do I do like the character and how he portrays it, but I, but I agree with your point that there, there is a disconnect between the professor and, and the archeologist. Yeah. So I I think that's a really fair point. Well, and I will say I struggled, like I didn't know who to choose for least convincing performance. Mm -hmm. And I think I ended up choosing him because he is the lead actor. And so the expectations are the highest there. And I was like, "Eh." Meets expectations does not exceed expectations yeah I will say Marion was my runner-up for best performance I think I've, I've said it before I love her in this movie for all of those reasons that you said and what we've talked about already mm-hmm. yeah okay okay you lost me at <clears throat> man this bothered me and this bothers me when it happens in anything okay so when you first meet Marion she's having this like shot for shot contest with this much larger person Uh and you know you can tell she's like struggling to get through it but she gets through it he passes out she makes it and then like five seconds late five seconds later she's like perfectly fine and sober Mm -hmm. to the point like indiana comes in like she's there's no like and i understand she's supposed to have a strong tolerance but like come on you'd at least be (laughs) like a little bit drunk 
and she's just not and then she's like in this bar fight and it's fine and then I something tells me she probably wasn't even hung over you know it's funny I was thinking about that this time around because when I was younger younger I didn't you know I didn't know about hangovers and drinking and being yeah. drunk and passing out that kind of thing but but when I was watching it this time I was like there are a lot of turned over shot glasses on that table like she's alcohol a little- lady yeah like we're talking like alcohol poisoning levels need to go to the hospital and get your stomach she'd be dead I know I said I was like (laughs) she'd be dead she's she would just be dead like no matter what her tolerance is she would be dead yeah yeah I think that's a good one my you lost me at was in the well of souls when Indiana and Sala are somehow able to lift the concrete top off of the ark (laughs) <laughs> and then lift the ark out of yes. its coffin or sarcophagus, whatever you want to call it. Because I was just like, I mean, I could get behind them lifting the lid with the crowbars like they did just to open the well of souls, you know, with that whole crew. Cause they've got a lot of people behind them, but I was what this time around, I was watching it and I was like, no. And then if you rewatch the scene where they lift the ark out, of its concrete shell, Sala is barely touching it. <laughs> like barely touching it. He's I like mean, when Rachel is carrying, when remember when Phoebe moves in with Mike yes. and they're all ca- carrying the couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rachel is like, I'm just, I'm not, I'm just touching it. <laughs> what am I getting? I'm not even, yeah. <laughs> like, there, another friend's connection. Another friend's connection. It's like barely touching it. If you watch it, I mean, and obviously and it's funny because you, like, I would think like, okay, well, whatever you, you know, you could say, well, maybe this thing is made out of plastic and it's super light, but it had to have been raised from, there must've been something underneath it maybe, yeah. or it was being, I don't think it was being lifted by cables that they could remove um, with a computer. You know what I mean? Like there must've been mm-hmm. something under, I don't remember if we see the bottom of the arc, but something was elevating it and it wasn't the actor's. Mm-hmm. And I was just watching. I was like, come on, Sala. Like, at least, Put your back like, into it, buddy. <laughs> I know. At least, like, pretend like this thing is super heavy. Um, so that, you know, that was my you lost me at. My runner-up, we answer. already. Yeah, thank you. My runner-up was, we already talked about the monkey. That I, mm-hmm. How does a monkey spy? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. On the other side, um, <clears throat> you had me at Marianne's outfits. <laughs> damn girl so cute her little like that all white thing she was wearing in Cairo which was like very um flattering but also would keep her cool and then she had the cute little white and red top and the red pants really liked her outfits you know what now that you mention it you're right and oh and the and the end of the film uh-huh. When she's in that nice little suit with the hat and looks yep. gorgeous. Yep. Yeah. All right. I'm with you on that. Uh, Mayu had me, I mentioned this before. It's the scene when Indy shoots the sword fighter instead of engaging in a long drawn out fight scene. <laughs> it was, it was so refreshing. And I read, I had, I remember hearing this before and based on what I read on the internet, although we have established, we can't always trust the internet, but every Anytime this was brought up, I read that when they were filming this scene in Tunisia and almost the entire crew got food poisoning, including Harrison Ford. 
goodness. So there was actually supposed to be more of a combative exchange between Harrison Ford <laughs> and the sword fighter. And then Harrison Ford was like, fuck it. How about I just shoot him? Because everybody was so sick and they yeah. were like, okay. So that, so that's how that scene came to be. And I think that was a brilliant choice. You know, like I said, you know, as, as someone who has a lower tolerance for the, the, extended action sequences I just love that he just got his gun out and shot the guy well that's Um, like whenever like in a movie like the bad guys like you know about to shoot you but they're telling you every single thing they did that leads up to the moment and you're like well this delay is just gonna mean the cops are gonna come in and get you like if you're gonna kill someone just I mean I don't really mean this but just kill them yeah also kind of to that speaking to that scene um, when he shoots him and then all of the people in the crowd start cheering and they swarm the guy that he just shot mm-hmm. and you see them grab the sword. And, and then I realized in this film, this time viewing it, I was like, there's a lot of cheering by the extras. Like there's so many moments where they just like gather and they cheer and they're like, yeah, yeah you know, and I just thought that was delightful. <laughs> I love it. All right. Okay. Favorite line. This might quite possibly be the weirdest um answer i've had for this okay category part of it is because i when the line happened i quoted it and i was pretty proud of myself Hmm. i know i know you're no one can you no one can see gina's face but she seemed very like intrigued but also surprised and Mm -hmm. that's exactly how i felt when i said it and then i mentioned before that um well okay the line is snakes why did it have to be snakes I mentioned before that I know what it looks like when somebody is afraid of snakes because Sean is afraid of snakes. And weirdly, that is like one of my favorite things about him. I don't know if I've ever even told him that. I just think it's, I just think it's so cute that he's afraid of snakes. Like I'm afraid of bugs. And whenever on TV, a bug comes, I look away. He tells me when it's safe. If a snake comes on the TV, I tell him when it's safe. So the fact that Indiana Jones also afraid of snakes and then has that line about snakes, why did it have to be snakes? I was just like, you're, that's so cute. Oh, did it make you love him a little bit? It did a little bit, but okay. It's okay. You can admit it. It mostly made me think about how, you know, I'll probably hear that line in real life. Just later, later down the road. Anytime Sean or you see a snake, there'll be snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Oh, I really like that. I don't know why I love that so much, but I just think it's adorable. (laughs) I love it. What's your favorite line? My favorite line is from the scene with Indy and Marion on the ship. And Mm -hmm. she's talking about what a mess he is. (laughs) And she says something to the effect of how, how he's, changed in the last 10 years and and he says and he says it's not the years honey it's the mileage that was my backup (laughs) it's such a good line it's It's such a good line and apparently was ad-libbed by harrison ford Mm -hmm. i feel bad i gave him least convincing performance now yeah take that (laughs) that's okay you can't take that you know but like i said i respect your answer yeah so that was my favorite line that's a great line i love it it's not the years, honey. It's the mileage. Mm-hmm. Amen. Word. Mm-hmm. That's how she should have responded. Word. Word. That would have been amazing. I mean, that was a common vernacular in what was this? 1939? 1936. Like 1936. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were saying that word. Totally. 
Word up. Well, we got two points, so hey. we're not quite at 40, but we're at 36. Okay. So there's a good chance that we'll be creeping up to that 40 soon. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Keeping this in mind, I'm going to stick with my original pick for our next movie. Okay. Because we are entering holiday season. Mm-hmm. When our next episode airs, it will be December. Whoa, really? Yep. Oh, my. People will be getting into the Christmas spirit. Uh-huh. So, Sonia, I have two films picked for December that are Christmas films. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stick with my first pick. The second pick okay. for, for, the, for the second, our second December episode this is probably the first time where I'm going to say, I hope we don't get four points next episode because okay. I really want you to watch the other movie too, but I really think you need to watch this one as well. Well, I think if we do, we can just give me a delay because okay. it's good to have two themed for December. Okay. All right, cool. So that's, that's our decision because it's our podcast and we can do whatever yeah, we, we want. We can do whatever we want. Exactly. All right, Sonia. So is Jacob ready for his drum roll? <laughs> All right. The next movie that we're going to be watching, Jacob, drum roll, please. Gremlins. Oh, wait, that's a Christmas movie? Yes, it takes place during Christmas. <laughs> that's so the last thing I was expecting. <laughs> your face. I was like, I was waiting for like, Santa Claus (laughs) (laughs) gremlins Sonia what's it about okay you kind of told me one time but I forgot I know gremlins can't get wet or they get mad and they're um I think if they get mad they turn green they start as like cute things that kind of look like god what were those things called um do you know what I'm talking about? Those toys that used to be really, this is going to be a great recap. Yep. Um, okay. There were these toys that you could, you could buy and everybody had them and you could like program them to do stuff. I want to say a Furby. Is that a Furby a thing? You're not responding. Okay. So they're like Furbies. Basically, if you get them wet, then they turn into green aliens and you're not supposed to feed them after midnight. Okay. <laughs> That's going to be really hard to type. <laughs> I, I don't know. If, I mean, you must, you must know that when I, when I go back and edit these episodes and then I get to your original plot summary, I like type everything that you say word for word. Mm-hmm. And I always pause. And sometimes I have to rewind. Sonia, you are going to make me work next time. I My know. goodness. Don't forget to insert the dramatic pauses. <laughs> and, and also the, I know they, they can't see us, but there was a lot of me putting my head in my hands. <laughs> yes. Yes. A lot of, oh gosh, what is this? What is it? Well, this is going to be a good time. <laughs> I can't believe Gremlins is a Christmas movie. Yeah, it, it totally is. Um, I, uh, I, I don't even know what I was about to say, (laughs) which means that that is probably the end of our episode. (laughs) Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at NNSIPod. And if you enjoy our podcast, tell your friends. They can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. 
like and subscribe and all the things. And join us next time with your cocktail at the ready when we talk about gremlins. We'll see you then because we've got lots more to watch. And I've got lots more to watch. (laughs) So please keep listening. And we'll keep watching. Bye. Bye. Bye.